0: You're listening to Love is the Answer, a podcast that explores the power of love in real life with your hosts, Lynn Kidd and Laurel Elstrom.
1: Okay, welcome everyone to Love is the Answer, a podcast that explores the power of love in real life. And I'm Lynn Kidd. Today, we're going to be talking about letting ourselves be loved with our beautiful guest from the UK, Mandy Solt. And I'm Laurel Elstrom. I'd like to remind everybody that my new book, Love on the Mountain A
0: Guide to Self Discovery, is available on Amazon.com in both print and ebook format. And you can get the first 34 pages delivered as a sample for free if you ask for it on Amazon. So please check it out. Love on the Mountain
1: A Guide to Self Discovery. And it's a great book, by the way. So let's bring in our guest, Mandy Sulk. And Mandy has spent many years in spiritual discovery, including having her own out-of-body death experiences, revealing to her a love beyond this world. She's currently the author of The Joy of No Self. And she's involved with Sebastian Bloxley in bringing awareness to the Choose Only Love book series. So welcome, Mandy, to Love is the Answer. Such an honor to have you. Oh, it's just lovely to be here. Thank you so much for asking
2: me. It's really great. Anything about love and I'm there.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: right there with you. <laughs> yeah. well, we need to invent a new word for it, though, don't we? So that, like, there's the, a different word for the kind of love we're talking about. But oh, we are excited to talk to you today, and I feel like we are definitely moving in the same direction. So let's start with the first question that we ask all our guests since we've been talking about love. What does love mean to you, Mandy?
2: Love is so indescribable in one way. It's the great mystery. To me, it's the invisible that's behind everything. And one way that I like to, I, I, rather than talk about it, I like to just do a little tiny experiment with everybody. So just to give you an experience of what I'm talking about. I'm sure we've all done this many times, but just to start this off. So if everyone just close their eyes for a moment and just suspend the thinking completely just for a moment, if you just keep your eyes closed while I'm talking, if you just look, you see that there's in that silent space, there's something that knows it's you. Something that knows that you exist, that you're alive, that you are aware. In other words, it's not me, it's you. Something knows that. And that something that knows that is just pure intelligence. And in that pure intelligence, where there's no thoughts for the moment, there's just a suspension of all judging it's a lack of judging, it's just a knowingness is what it is. Something's present it's benign because it's not judging anything and you might say that love is the absence of judgment and it doesn't have anything about the past or the future it just is and in this spaciousness there's just this benign presence so you can open your eyes now everyone thank you for joining me in that if if you did it but it's a remembering really that's how i see it a remembering of who we actually are at source
0: so are you saying love is a remembering of who we are at source?
2: When we remember who we are at source, that source is the love. It is the source of love and love is the source and the awareness of the love. It's, it's the awareness of it. So if there's an absence of judgment, it's a feeling of peace. So if you are with someone who you just feel there's an absence of judgment, how do you feel? You know, you feel, oh, I can be myself. I can be relaxed. It's nothing big. It's not explosive. It's not full of butterflies and flowers. It, there's just a peaceful acceptance. And that's kind of a remembering of, oh, that's who I am before all the thoughts and the conditioning and everything.
0: Forgive me for belaboring this, but I just want to make it really clear. What you're saying is when we're in a love relationship, with whomever in the world, it's not that we don't we have to be in this space where we, our eyes are closed and we're connecting with intelligence within ourselves and that's the only place we can find love. It's that that's where we see that its symptoms are non-judgment, allowance is that and so that when we're with another person and we're not judging and we're allowing, that's how we love with
1: another person. Is that correct?
2: Well, I think that's a lovely, superb description, really, that allowingness.
1: You talk about letting yourself be loved. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. So what do you mean by that, letting yourself be loved? Who is doing the loving and who is being loved?
2: It kind of goes on from what we were saying. It's when you have the awareness of coming home, the nature and the essence of that awareness, you know, so it's more like um, a recognition, it's more like a, a light meeting itself. It's the original nature self, which is, you know, the original nature self has lost itself in the thought realm, you see. As you mentioned in the introduction, I'm sort of, you know, working with Sebastian Blaxley, who's written a series, who you've had on here, who's an absolute angel. And he's written a, a series of books, as you know, called the Choose Only Love series. There's just such a lovely paragraph in the chapter that's got the um, actual title, Let Yourself Be Loved. Would it be all right to read a little paragraph? Yeah, sure. sure. Because it's so beautiful. First of all, it says, love everything that arises in you, and you will no longer feel deprivation of any kind. As a being, without lack, you need not dedicate yourself to the exhausting activity of survival from which comes the compulsion to accumulate you need not desire anything those living in love need nothing and then it says let yourself be overwhelmed by love let yourself be enthralled by the tenderness of God in other words it says join the living Christ who lives in you to live as who you really are that living Christ it can be called all sorts of things because You know, some people find it very not comfortable to use that word Christ because of connotations with uh, Jesus and religions. It's about the consciousness, Christ consciousness, that consciousness, Buddha consciousness. Anyway, it's that exact original self that we were just looking at. And so that's when we're dropping the thought. It's that original self that's loving us, loving itself, a light meeting a light, awareness of awareness loving itself wherein there is no sense of lack mm-hmm. or need. So if you found it and what you've found is that kingdom of heaven within, that original nature, the light meeting the light. If you found that, where do you go next? Well it's not a seeking, it's not a needing. It's now it's into expansion and then into expansion it's into ex sending it to all our Mm -hmm. brothers and sisters on the planet so that we're all teaching, not by preaching, but we're exemplars through example.
0: Mm -hmm. And also it's, you know, it brings us, it's one thing to sit on the mountain and be in touch with that. It's quite another to live a human life complete with its challenges and our own conditioning and everything else that comes up. And to live as a Christ while being human, to live with a consciousness while living a human life, that seems to be the current challenge, at least for most of the people that I know who've found it, if you will. Which leads me to my next question. In your video, you talk about how thoughts are nothing. And I've heard this said before, and I, and I, I can feel the resonance with it, but Our thoughts are our constant companions and this seems to be one of the big challenges of people who are trying to live as a Christ. So how can our thoughts be nothing and how can I function without thoughts? Thoughts are going to happen. So saying they don't exist, denying that they happen isn't helpful so give us your idea of how we work with our own
2: thoughts since i've made those videos uh, videos I, I would say that i've expanded and what i mean by that is because i was very very into just straight non-duality when i made all those videos mm. um, the thing about non-duality i learned many years later is that it's very dual <laughs> It, it can be very dual in that it's cutting out. It's it, In a way, it's seeing just half a picture. Because, <laughs> <you know. laughs> Isn't that just life
0: is a paradox everywhere yeah, you look? Yeah,
2: yeah. the truth is it's what we said earlier, that loving everything that ar- arises. When I was mentioning about thoughts, I feel I kind of can't help agreeing with that because that's the premise, but I can put it in a different way that... It's not the thinking, it's the addiction to the description of the thinking. It's, it's the addiction to the constant narration. I know this is an expression that's commonly used sometimes, ex- embracing them as our companions. But the last time I had some thoughts that weren't pleasant, I, I, I thought, oh, yeah, I'll embrace these as my companions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who things. wants those for companions? Ew. <laughs> uh,
1: For me to embrace them as companions. I have have a question. It's kind of like a sub-question. It's not, I'm going to go off the script, but would you want to say briefly, like where do thoughts come from? I like the um, very clinical uh, description
2: that I heard Deepak Chopra make in about the 70s. And he said that thoughts are... A frequency of energy, like you would see on a, on a graph or an ECG going up and down. They're a frequency of energy in a more universal field of energy. So they aren't anything. It just comes from being alive. It literally is about frequency.
1: Yeah, that leads me into... Oh, go ahead, Laura. You had a question. I just was reminded as you're talking about Byron
0: Katie saying that she, when she first had her awakening, she realized that when I believe my thoughts... I'm unhappy when I don't believe my thoughts. I'm happy. And that's pretty simple. That's her philosophy. So that's reminded me of that.
1: Go ahead, Lynn. Yeah. I was just going to say the next question is a continuation of what we've been saying. How do I make practical decisions if I don't use my thoughts and mind to evaluate choices? What's coming up for me is I feel like there's practical aspects of thinking you know, like I'm a nurse, I'm a doctor, I'm an engineer, I'm a carpenter. And there's certain things I've learned that I use practically. But there's also for me, and I'm going to speak from my own personal experience, thought is also a limitation. If it's not used in a practical manner, thought is a block to me. Because most of the times when I get these glimpses of you know, whatever, holy instance or a glimpse into eternity or a bliss moment, it's like I'm out of my mind. The thoughts for me feel like it's a time based, linear process. And that when you're opening up the space without that, that's when I have the clarity. But then the question is practically speaking, where do the thoughts come in if I need to make a decision practically and not just go? into a blank space. Well that's lovely
2: because I love it when you said out of my mind really the answer it keeps coming back to these short um, pauses really you've heard this a thousand times but it's true that the mind will never get this what we're talking about because it is only dealing with practical things so when we need to use it to make a decision you see the thing about decision if you think about that original nature that we practiced at the beginning when we saw Mm -hmm. it in that sort of empty but not empty space there is no decision making you could say it another way you know god doesn't make decisions spirit doesn't make decisions there's there's no decision making in just pure consciousness decisions are always a mental thing aren't they so really with decisions actually there's never a decision to make because it's like if you're peckish you're going to look around for things. and um, to You might go to the fridge or you might think about, um, oh, well, I wonder what I could have. But when you're starving hungry, you know exactly what you want. There's no question about it. And it's the same with all decision-making, that if there's still a decision, it means it, it isn't the time to make a decision. And you might say, yes, but I have to make a decision. I've only got 10 minutes to make a decision. Well, again, you need to come back into the heart, really, the heart area, and just... Um, and really this takes a few seconds it works so quickly that when you drop the thoughts of well it could be this or it could be that that's very limiting because with your mind you can only think of a two or three ideas but i remember mrs Eddy, mary baker Eddy, who was the founder of christian science said there are multitudinous ideas of god to bless mankind and that's it when we stop thinking and just rest in the heart area which is bringing you know bringing the frequency just into that area just stop everything and often an idea will present itself that you'd never have thought of you know so if I've got a big decision to make and I'm going to and fro I just leave it till there isn't a decision to make anymore because there really aren't any decisions in God there's no indecisiveness there's no dilemmas not really Mm -hmm. beautiful beautiful thank you I like it a lot
1: Could you say that thought and the mind and the heart, like A Course of Love talks about is wholeheartedness where the mind and the heart are actually joined. And so there's actually a feeling response that comes up that sort of leads the decision making process. It's not just the thoughts itself. I'm trying to speak to something practical like going on right now with the pandemic, you know, somebody out there, you know, may have lost their job and they need to make money to, you know, help their family. They have children. And so they have to make a decision, practically speaking, what can they do that their family goes out in the streets, you know, and they lose, they can't pay their rent or their mortgage. So I'm trying to bring it like practically down to the lived experience When we're talking about these things,
2: a question like that will always come up. But, you know, there isn't really an answer in this kind of conversation for that, because it has to be where your passion is. So what I mean by that, if all your life, or now, doesn't have to have been all your life, it could have been since last week, if you've had an epiphany or an opening, you suddenly realize that your inner happiness is more important than anything, that you want to know who you truly are, then that means that you live a very different life. Mm -hmm. And in that life, what happens is that These things that happen to you, not having any money and all, instead of being seen as the worst catastrophe possible, they're not maybe light and loved and joyful, but they are seen as a blessing. When we look at life in the way that we've been talking about here, it's a very different um, state of mind. It's a very different paradigm. So that when I had a motorbike accident with a a car, well, I I was dead, basically. I mean, people would describe as a dreadful accident. I was uh, on a motorbike coming towards a car and it smashed. in. And as it was coming towards the car, I thought, I just thought, oh, I'm going to die now. There's no way out of this. I'm going to die now. And a thought came, you could say it was a voice, but I don't know. It just said, let go of the handlebars. Now, believe me, that's (laughs) counterintuitive. It's the last thing you want to do. You want to literally hold on by, like, grim death. I just thought, well, there's nothing else I can do. I'll let go. Now, this is very relevant to what you're saying, so please don't think it's not relevant. It is, really. So what happened was that then I didn't know anything else you know for what seemed a long time to me but apparently was a few seconds and I was taken right out of my body and I went up and up and up and I could see down at the houses, the cars, the people, everything and and I saw that they were all see through and then I went up and I saw these things like columns with doors in and it felt that the intensity of love, and this is why I know it's indescribable in this planet, is because it's like if all the best, most expensive ten star hotels got together and just served you with, with nothing better to do than just serve you, that's only a tiny little idea of what the intensity of love and safety and protection was like. Didn't see any beings no tunnels but just was lifted out of that accident right well I was dead and then suddenly I was alive and I was on the ground the motorbike was a complete write-off the car was a complete write-off but I didn't have not even a bruise, not even any whiplash and no aftershock. I have had more shock when I've just tripped up and fallen down on the road. But I, nothing happened to me at all. Wow. I felt very, very comfortable. And I know that I let go. So going back to your question, if you are in the state of mind and being that follows this path of love and has faith in God or what you perceive God to be, whatever that is, Then whatever comes to you, you keep on living a life of surrender, letting go in every moment and trusting. And it's that letting go and trusting that brings this ease of suffering and brings you everything that you need. But I'm so glad you brought it up because it's given, you see, what's coming through me is just being told to me, I'm hearing it for the first time. So I wouldn't have known how to answer that question, Mm -hmm. but I'm being told that that's what is the answer thank you mandy beautiful thank you for
0: answering that (laughs) so now it's time to turn toward the question of the week and this is the one question where we all kind of consider it together here's the question that comes from one of our listeners you advise that we live from this place of letting god lead the way but what about the idea of being an intentional creator don't I have a role to play in creating a new world? I'm not sure if I should just surrender or if I should visualize and set intentions and do other practices that lead to manifestation. Mm-hmm. And here's the question, how is love the answer to living as a
2: creator in the world? Would you like to go first, Mandy? What I've come to know for myself Is that if I ask the question, not what can I create and I want to do this, that or the other, but just how can I serve, how can I best be an instrument for love, Mm -hmm. then I find that things come and anything could be my particular job for the day. Somebody needs to talk that I meet on a park bench, then that's my job for the day. I'm not going to worry how I'm going to get paid for that, (laughs) because something always happens. Um, If I've got an intention, like at the moment, I've written a book, um, I'm writing a book uh, called Power Poems, poems that actually do something. And if, if you permit me, I might have a chance to read one at the end, but it doesn't matter if not. But they do something. <laughs> I have a loving intention because I've asked, would this serve people? Would it serve my brothers and sisters? And the answer has been yes. So because that's been met with love and I've asked and so that seems an intention. That would be supported. I don't worry about it. I know that mm-hmm. it, the book will get written, the right people will come, and it will just happen. That's to me always the beginning. How is this going to serve? You see, mm-hmm. not because right. I'm some goody goody, but because I know that's the way that you get things done.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's practical actually. Practical. Lynn, what would you, how do you respond to that question?
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought about it, and I kind of see that it's kind of both and. Whereas the surrender is also a creation. It speaks to me because like Mandy was saying, if you really get the personal self out of the way and step back and let God or the universe or the cosmos lead the way and you're open to that space, to me, it feels like the surrender and in that surrender, I may have a creative urge or there's an impulse or there's some kind of guidance that comes through. My experience is when I act on that guidance, it is sort of like a creative process, but I'm never separate from the source. So there's a surrender to it all, but then I'm open, there's a channel that's open, that's created, and then I followed the impulse. I follow the spiritual prompts. So I can give you like a quick example. Like last year, I, you know, I retired from my, my nursing job here with the federal government. And, you know, I had a lot of analytical thinking about it. Like, should I quit? You know, what about the money? And, you know, it just kind of like got really caught up in my head for a while. But then when I finally just decided to go with my feelings... It wasn't like a mental thing anymore. It was just like a complete drop in to what my heart was telling me. It sort of like became, like Mandy was saying earlier, it almost came like a choiceless awareness. There was an awareness, a strong pull, a strong impulse to do it, but there was, it was so strong, it was so strong that it wasn't even a choice anymore. It felt so good, there was a peace that came with it. And then I knew I made the right decision. So to me, it's both, Anne. You surrender and you follow the impulse. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that is reminiscent of Mandy's answer about no decision is actually needs to be made, right? <laughs> it's made for you. So I just want to add a, a little bit that I get asked this question a lot as a teacher of A Course of Love because it mentions in A Course of Love how we part of what we're doing here is creating a new world. And a lot, of course, of love students interpret that to mean that it's kind of our job to construct a new world that's better. And I think that that is a misinterpretation of what we're being asked to do because we're also told that the world on the outside is our own reflection. So where does that reflection originate? Within. It's the only place it can originate. So the new world must be created within myself. That has to be where the action happens. And if the world is a reflection of all of our within, I only have sovereign power over my own within. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the work has to happen for me, is within my own self, which then gets naturally reflected in the outside world. So... To me, the answer to this question is the same thing we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. Do your work. (laughs) Allow yourself to be loved. Find a way to live as the Christ within the world that you see.
2: Can you choose one of your very shortest power poems to read for us? Abiding as Loved So you see, I do them and people, they're kind of healings and treatments. So she'd come to me because she was very, very, very lonely. So this Mm. was um, her one. And it's just called Abiding as Love. Whenever I feel lonely and starved of affection, it's because I've lost my felt connection with Divine Presence, the source of my being, which is always loving me and overseeing, protecting, nurturing and radiating peace, realigned with this, brings me joy and ease. There is no human being who can love me the way that God loves me every second of the day. So I empty my mind by opening my heart, resting in the truth that I'm never apart from the love that sustains me, embraces and maintains me. Consciousness is God and that is my being. Resting as that, it just feels so Freeing. I've stopped listening to the rubbish my mind makes me see. Just aware of my heart and let that lead me. Love does not exist outside of my mind. It comes from within and lies just behind the senses and all the feelings of lack. True love is found on a different track. So I tap into the love that lives
1: inside, resting as awareness. Here I abide. So that's perfect, and that's all the time we have for today. So really honored to have you, Mandy. It's a big thank you from both me and Laurel. Really, really (laughs) lovely conversation here. And be sure to listen uh, next time to all our listeners out there. We're going to have Dr. Rod Chelberg. He's going to be joining us. And he's a physician, and he's going to share experiences with intuitive medicine and exploring the unreality of death and dying. (laughs) We'd love to feature your question as our question of the week.
0: So please submit your question by emailing us at loveisalwaystheanswer at gmail.com. Loveisalwaystheanswer at gmail.com. Thank you, Mandy. Thanks to everybody who's joined us on Love is the Answer.